This is the Z-Books Successful Authors Podcast with Eric Z. We're going to learn the truth about e-books. Welcome to the Z-Books Successful Authors Podcast. And today, I have the honor to have one of the most successful freelancers in the world. And she also happens to be a very successful e-book author. Her name is Lise Cartwright, and she's in Australia. Welcome, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's snowing here in Germany. There are snowflakes right in my window. How is it in Australia? <laughs> it's pretty hot. It's about 27 degrees Celsius, and what are we, 6.30 in the morning here, so it's quite yeah. warm. And it is 9.40 p.m. at night here, and it's about like, like it's minus one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, how much? How That's the complete opposite. It? Yeah. It's so 27 degrees Celsius. Oh, man, man, this is so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely opposite. 183 degrees, huh? <laughs> cool. So, um. So let's talk about the obvious. Uh, you've got a launch. You're in the middle of a launch right now, and thanks for taking the time. I know how hectic a launch can be, and tell us about your launch. Yes, so um, it's interesting because, like you said, I'm a freelancer, and now I'm also an author. So I've, what I've done is combined the two things together, really, and I wrote a book called Side Hustle Blueprint, which is all about how I basically – transitioned out of my full-time job into freelance writing and then continuing forward and, and becoming an author. And I've had quite a few people reach out to me who have read the book and said it would be amazing to have a course that supported that. So that's what I've just created. It's called Side Hustle Blueprint, just like the book. Um, and so I'm just in the middle of launching that at the moment. So the course is pretty in-depth. There's tons of videos, um, support material, um, a couple of the outsource freelancing success books that I've written that support the business side of things um, inside the course as well. Um, there's quite a few bonuses that people will find as they go through the course that will just kind of pop up that I haven't mentioned anywhere. So mm -hmm. um, a few secrets uh, as you go through the course. So yeah, so it just going, uh, it's just basically about helping people who want to start start a side hustle, figure out how to do that and how to be profitable within that within 30 days. Um, right. And it's you, oh, sorry. That's all right. I was going to say, because that's definitely achievable. I think people mm -hmm. think that it's really hard to start. And that's probably the feedback that I've got the most is, you know, how, how do you start or what do I even do as a side mm -hmm. hustle? I don't, you know, I don't have any skills. Um, right. And when you go through the process and the exercises, <laughs> Within, you know, the very first module is completely focused on how to identify a skill or an idea. You know, it, it could be anything. So it's not just for online stuff. Like it does cover um, people that, you know, are craft or creative orientated as well. So Right. And you, um, you escaped uh, corporate Australia, right? So you're speaking from experience. Mm -hmm. You're going full time and mm -hmm. you started it as a side hustle. Yes. And this is what really interests me because this is where a lot of people are at is um, so you're doing eight hours, nine hours a day. Where do you get the mm -hmm. time for the side hustle? Maybe you only have one hour a day. Is yeah. that enough? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's when I started um, doing the side hustle, I was single. Um, and so I had disposable time. You know, you, when you're working a full time job, you have you generally have disposable income, but you also have disposable time. So. It was, for me, um, a conscious decision to go, okay, well, I'm going to sacrifice sitting in front of the TV two, three hours a night mm -hmm. and instead focus it on my side hustle because, for me, I wanted to transition out of work. I didn't want to be staying mm -hmm. in there. So <laughs> for some people, all they want to do is make some extra money. They're, they're quite happy in the job that they're in, but maybe they, they don't have the ability to earn more in the job that they're in. Mm -hmm. So a side hustle is a great way to earn that extra income and maybe, you know, pursue a passion or a hobby yeah. that you've always wanted to do. And then you can actually make some money from it. So it's kind of a, a, a two pronged approach. So if you are just looking to make 
have you know an additional income stream, not necessarily wanting to transition out of your job, then you could easily get away with doing a side hustle for one, two hours uh-huh. a day outside of your normal job. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. I think the focus for most people should be, you know, and it's, you know, my tagline is do what you love. Right. So if you're not doing something that you don't enjoy doing, then you're not mm-hmm. going to continue doing it. If you're doing mm-hmm. something that you love, then it's kind of, it's not work. Like you don't view it in the same way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think when it comes to starting a side hustle or doing something on the side, mm-hmm. it's understanding what your why or what your drive is behind that. And that's probably one of the very first things that I cover in the okay. course is, Figuring out what that is, and if you're a newbie and and you don't you, you don't want to just do it as a side hustle, but you really mm-hmm. want to you you want to escape your job. What should yes. a newbie's focus be on? So that is definitely focusing on your easiest skill to get started with. So mm-hmm. you can have like in the very first module of the of the course, it it takes a good um, sort of three or four days to go through. So I'll just say that with the course. It's designed to be done in 30 minutes a day, so you're not doing any more oh, yeah. than that a day. So I'm trying. I'm cognizant of the fact that people mm-hmm. are working full time, and it, you know you don't want to add to it. So 30 mm-hmm. minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And so it, the first module will basically take you a week to sort of progress through, and it's all about identifying that skill set. So if you are looking to get out of your job, it mm-hmm. is sitting down and figuring out what is going to be the most profitable. So it may not necessarily mm-hmm. be something that you want to do long right. term, mm-hmm. but it is the easiest for you to get started with. And I think once, once people understand that once you're starting a side hustle, it doesn't have to be your long-term game plan, then it make, actually makes things a lot easier. So when I started, I started out doing search engine optimization. You know, and I really? had no passion. Yep, no passion mm. for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not something that I enjoy doing, but mm-hmm. it was sort of in my skill set or I, yeah. I was able to learn it very quickly. Um, so I started out with search engine optimi- optimization, then moved into SEO writing. Um, What's that? Because it's a natural progression. So SEO writing is basically writing for um, specific businesses where you are keyword riching the articles that you're writing. Oh, so okay. Yeah, the content is focused around a specific keyword, um, uh, and so that it's really probably more evolved now. You probably wouldn't find many people specifically doing SEO writing. It is more you're writing. It's on a not blog. just finding emotionally charged words, is it? Yes, no, oh. no, it's not. It's about finding, identifying keywords that people are looking for oh. a specific. You know, if someone's searching for. A specific product or a, a you know searching for a specific key term mm-hmm. then developing content around that so i i um went to your website and i got all of this marvelous free content and i did your <laughs> seven day challenge do, do yes. you need to do that before you go to your course because your free no, content no. is awesome thank you that's yeah. okay no problem <laughs> no you don't it, that's just basically it's a teaser to get yeah. people thinking yeah um yeah but you have all this stuff about uh, your upwork profile and that is really excellent stuff it's a mini course in itself and i'm, I'm still doing my upwork profile and uh, <laughs> and it's an excellent start actually I, I i would tell everybody listening go straight to her website elise lisa's website and, and go get the free stuff and then dive in with the big course yeah. Yeah. Upwork is an interesting space and it's where I started. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, when it was Odesk, um, right. I, that's how I got, um, that's how I transitioned out of my full-time job was ah. purely working on Odesk or, you know, Upwork now, um, was working with clients through that. So I have a fairly good, um, intimate knowledge of mm-hmm. how Upwork works and really it's just like any other platform you have to put in the time Mm-hmm. Um, to build up your profile there. I mean, it's all about ratings on platforms like that because I think mm-hmm. what people forget is when they're landing on that platform, you might be super experienced in what mm-hmm. it is that you do, but your potential client doesn't know that. They have mm. no idea what your history or background is at so all. Is, sorry. That's right. You go. I, so is that the best platform for newbies or is that just like the, the Amazon of – of platforms. Yeah, I honestly I would always start with Upwork if your mm-hmm. skill lends itself to be online, mm-hmm. like if that's uh-huh. what, you know predominantly okay. most people will have that because it is 
the easiest place to get started. But you have to remember that when you're starting on a platform like that, because you don't have any previous um, ranking or rating or anything like that, that you do have to start with this really low paying jobs. Because that is the thing with Upwork. There is such a broad spectrum of low paying jobs right through to really high paying jobs. But you can't access the high paying jobs until you've done your due diligence basically until you've paid your dues and got um you know some ratings and i'm not saying that you need to be pricing yourself really low for a long period of time i'm talking about three weeks max Uh getting you know three to four jobs Mm -hmm. under your belt that are low paying then you transition Mm -hmm. into being um, your normal rate so this must be a burning question for all the newbies out there that haven't tried it at all. Like like me, uh, how much do you charge? So let me give you an example. I'm an expert ebook formatter, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not bragging. That's just you know that's my platform. That's what e-books. you do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, okay, but I'm a newbie on Upwork. So how much could mm-hmm. I charge to format? I don't know a thousand, ten thousand word book or something. So it really depends. So Upwork works a little bit differently. So what you would be doing is you would set your rate to probably be around, I don't know, 15 US dollars an hour. So mm-hmm. you, you have to set an hourly rate. You don't have any choice uh-huh. about that. Oh. But then when you're going and looking at jobs, you can adjust that accordingly. So you can lower it, you can increase it, hmm. how, depending on whoever you're um, pitching, basically. Mm-hmm. So what you would do is jump on there and just try and find as many jobs as you can that fit your Right, um, right. Skill. Yeah. And just lowball them. So you just <laughs> you uh, out. What do you call that? Out uh, bid them or underbid them? Yeah, huh? you just, <laughs> you're, not, you're not underbidding, but you just want to get as you want the the aim of the game with Upwork when you're first starting is to get ratings, and the only way to do that is to mm-hmm. get jobs, and the only way to do that initially is to start with the low paying stuff. So what I teach inside the course right. is that when you when you're going in there, find um, you can either do a search based on your skill or do a search based on dollar amount, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people don't realize that they can do. So when you're searching for a job on Upwork, you, you know you, most people search by skill, but you can actually put in the, a dollar figure. So you could put in, you know, you want to find something that is not going to take you very long to do because you also don't want to be spending two, three hours and getting paid $15. Like you just, oh, that's yeah. ridiculous. So you, it's just finding a balance between something that's going to not take you very long to do mm-hmm. that is also low paying. So um, it's just a case of going in and saying, okay, um, that, you know, type in $30, it will bring up everything that is on Upwork listed for $30 and filtering that through to find something that you can do yeah that's quick to get those you know those runs on the board basically what i like about your um your free i think it was the seven day challenge because i've been Mm -hmm. i've been all over your website already (laughs) and uh uh, i you kind of have a validation phase where you where you where you research if your skills would be profitable on upwork and you look and see are people actually buying it offering it and is it a good thing to go with and and i hit all the green lights on your your thing there and uh, i'm I'm sure this is then continued in the course what's the first phase of your course is something like that yeah, so the first phase of the course is digging a little bit deeper into identifying that skill. So it just basically builds upon that that seven-day freebie, so it goes into that. But it's also, once you've identified that, there are also a lot of market conditions that you need to take into consideration mm-hmm. as well. And I think that's where a lot of people, when they're just starting out, maybe ignore or just mm-hmm. don't understand that. Um, so it's not just... That yeah, awesome. You've just validated your skill, but it's looking for that demand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if there's no demand for it, then so you know, um, that's... Uh, sorry, <laughs> did I cut you <laughs> yeah. off again? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I have so many things to ask you, you know. And uh, so, tell us about your course. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the outline. You you start. How many days does it take? And at the end, you're like a millionaire freelancer. <laughs> <laughs> So the course is designed to take four weeks. So it's, oh, yeah, wow. it's basically six days. So because there's a lot of stuff to cover. When I sat, sat down to figure this out, I was like, okay, well, you know, what is it that you need to know in that first 30 days to mm-hmm. go from completely having nothing yeah. to having something that you can actually run with 
Mm-hmm. And um, you help so the people directly or yeah. over the shoulder? Yeah, so I'm part of a community called Location Rebel. Um, right. Sean Ogle runs that. So yes. I've been part of Location Rebel since 2011, which is yeah. when Sean launched it. So within um, Location Rebel, I'm always um, – you know, this is basically how I came up with side, the, the book originally was that I was helping so many people inside there mm-hmm. um, with these sorts of questions and specifically around Upwork, but even more so now just mm-hmm. in general about how to even start a side hustle, mm-hmm. you know, what, what it is that you could even do. Um, mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so that's basically how that came about. And this is the... um. um... Uh, I don't want to say typical, but the normal uh, video and then homework and then uh, and then feedback or course. Yes, so it's it's all all videos um, with my lovely face in front of you <laughs> <laughs> talking at you, um, and then at the at the end of each module, so they're all broken down into um, small modules. Um, you can either provide comments, and but yeah, at the end of each video, there is an action item that you need to cool. to go ahead and do so there's no sort of quiz as such for you to answer it's very much about you taking action mm-hmm. and building your side hustle in that 30 days but four weeks that sounds pretty extensive mm-hmm. it's it is extensive yes <laughs> and it is how much right now if you get on right now you launched already is it too late yes. to get on no, no, no. It is perfectly fine to get on. So it's launched at one ninety seven, but okay. because I love you, Eric, I'm um, <laughs> offering your sub- subscribers a seventy percent discount. Awesome, awesome. How do they get it? So if they enter Z Books, uh-huh. that's the coupon code um, when they land on the website. So I'll send that through because it's a bit of a mouthful. Yep. And there's lots of dashes and stuff. So um, it's that on is the so te- awesome. Yeah, Thank you. that's okay. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is the the funniest or strangest or most uncomfortable thing that happened when working for a client on Upwork? Oh, it's when they stalk you. Oh, um, <laughs> not cool. And I think, well, you know, it's on. It's an online thing, and. Upwork's very good at protecting your privacy, but the minute that you start working with somebody, they can, yeah. you know, you're handing over Skype details. Of course. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't take long for someone to be able to kind of um, find you in other places online. So hmm. me, when I first started out, I um, needed to have quite a separation between my day job and my side hustle. So hmm. I was working under a pen name. Right. Um, cause, and this is something that I, um, oh, there's a whole lesson around it in the course about pen names because I think other, you know, people are concerned about their current workplace finding out that they're doing something on the side. Um, so there's a, there's a bit of a moral dilemma when it comes to that portion of the course. But for me, it was just like, you know what, um, I checked my contract and it basically just said that I couldn't do anything in the space that I was working in. So I couldn't approach clients and try and take them for myself. And so I was working in a completely different thing, but I also didn't want my boss to have any idea that I was planning to leave. Right. So I wanted to fly under the radar. So I was, you know, working under a pen name. So I just remember on Upwork, a client, um, what I wasn't smart or didn't really think, consider was that my Skype name was in my normal name um, hmm. And asking, you know, having to deal with that question. Well, how come you're like this on Upwork, but your Skype name's this? And mm-hmm. having that conversation was uh, pretty uh, an interesting one. <laughs> trying oh, to yeah. explain. Um, so from that point forward, I made sure that if I was using a pen name, that everything was in the pen name name. Mm-hmm. I, I work under my normal yeah. name now, obviously. But um, when so I your profile saying, has to be airtight before you start. Yes. Yes, uh-huh. definitely. Okay. You want to make sure that you don't leave yourself open to those. Um, well, it's amazing. And, you know, it's, it's just it's an interesting uh, situation to be in. And the client was totally fine once, you know, mm-hmm. once I explained. But um, having to explain that is mm-hmm. a little embarrassing. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, deal with refunds or have you ever had to cancel a client? 
Um, I've never had to do a refund, but I have had to what I like to call fire a client um, (laughs) a couple of times. So I think it's important to understand that once you start um, a side hustle, once you start freelancing, you know, once you're entering into a customer client relationship, um, that you understand that you are not having to take whatever they dish out to you. So Mm -hmm. you are in, you know, that whole the customer is always right isn't right. necessarily true, particularly when it comes to your own business. So there have been a number of times where I have started to work with a client and gone, mm, there are some red flags here that I'm just not enjoying. And it, it's how you handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be very diplomatic. Do you have any going, standard sentences or comebacks? Yeah, or? I generally, generally what happens is, and the thing is you need to do it very early on in the process. Like if you have identified that you've started working with a client and then you're just starting to get some red flags. And when I say red flags, I'm talking like things like they start changing yeah. the the project starts morphing into something else that wasn't agreed mm-hmm. to in the contract. They start pushing deadlines out. Communication isn't answered, you know, within a certain amount of time. You know, just things like that that right. you just you it's you get a feeling that something isn't quite right. So generally what I would turn around and do is and you need to make sure that within your contract that you've got some kind of buffer around that so that if there hmm. is um, and I offer the con- contract templates within the course so that you don't have to worry worry about that because it's quite a legal um, path to have those contracts created. Um, so basically it just says that um, for whatever reason, either party can cancel the contract and give you know seven days written notice or two days written notice, whatever it is. What I generally do is contact them and say, look, um, I always blame it on me it's never anything to do with them you obviously don't want to say i'm not working with you anymore because you (laughs) (laughs) right you basically just want to say um i've taken on too much work or something else has come up or for personal Uh reasons i'm no longer able to continue um with this contract i will finish up until the point in the contract where i have to give you this amount of notice um you know i wish you all the best and generally what i might do then is suggest an alternative person that might be able to work with them. So oh, yeah. I have, you know, peers, you know, I've got colleagues and, mm-hmm. and stuff that I work with and we all work differently. Uh-huh. So it's not, I have never had to fire a client uh-huh. based on um, anything okay. bad. It's more yeah. been um, w- the working relationship isn't right. quite how I choose to work. So you try to do a judo pivot or an Aikido pivot. Yeah, there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I've only okay. ever had to do that twice in the last oh, two wow. years. Oh, not bad, uh, not bad. Yeah. I would like to uh, uh, go get a bit into ebooks here and then come back to, to your course um, before I forget all my questions for the ebooks. <laughs> um, but first, a trick question. What mm-hmm. is your favorite tea? Chai. I'm a huge chai, chai, uh-huh. chai tea. A lot of milk? Yeah, chai lattes. Are, I'm hmm. just, I have one every day. You make them yourself? Yes, I do. Ah, uh, what's your recipe? Or maybe we can put that as a bonus at the end of the post, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, no, I there is a um, tea company here called T2, which, you know, has got, I don't know, 100 plus um, tea varieties and so I just always go in there and they've always got about three different mm-hmm. um, chai tea and I like um, what they call a spicy it's got like a spice I don't know unless you've had chai it's very hard to explain oh, yeah, what, it, it, yeah. what it tastes like but um, so I like mine quite spicy and I have a, quite a bit of cinnamon um, in mine and then yes I use like a milk you know how you when you if you have a Right. Uh, I don't drink coffee, so if you're having a cappuccino or something like that, and you've got the frothy milk. I do the mm-hmm. same with the chai latte. So, do you have um, Oreos in Australia? Yes, we do. Yep. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay, that was another <laughs> trick question. So, uh, okay, get let's let's get serious again. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so why the ebooks? Where was um outsource um freelancing not passive enough for you, or you're just making your product palette bigger, or um, yeah, look, I've 
always been about diversification. So mm-hmm. I've never wanted to have, I never wanted to be in a situation like I was in my job where my eggs were all in one basket in mm-hmm. terms of an income stream. So once I had got the freelancing business to a certain point, I was like, okay, well, how am I going to diversify? What, what other income streams am I going to look at? Mm-hmm. And it was at that sort of point that I came across Steve Scott. Um, right. And all the stuff yes. that he was, and I was already freelance writing. So I was just like, I'm, you know, and I'd always thought about writing books, but I mm-hmm. just found it so intimidating. I, you know, if you've never written a book before, you mm-hmm. look at a physical book and you think, how does that even come together? Yeah. Um, so I probably researched and looked around and tried to figure it out for a good six months. And um, then you so found re- Chandler and Tyler Wagner mm-hmm. at the, yeah. what's it called now? The book school? Uh, self-publish- self-publishing school. All right. Yeah, and I that's how I found out about you was, I think it was Sean Ogle's post where you outlined this, and you do it again on your own website, and your content is so awesome, I always think of making a product out of it, you know? <laughs> and um, so I love this uh, Chandler's mind mapping technique and mm-hmm. stuff. And so you made your f- first book, yeah. and... Um, and it was a hit. It was it awesome. Completely surprisingly, like I, um, when I entered self publishing school, I had already had a book that I had written mm-hmm. that I had tried to sell with minimal success. I hadn't gone right. down the Amazon path, so I'd sold it on my website, and that was it. Right. So I'd come into the course thinking that I would rework that book right but one of the very first things that they teach you is validating your book idea exactly especially from it from a non-fiction perspective it's, it's different from a fiction perspective i think you could literally write any fiction mm-hmm. book and find an audience but from a non-fiction perspective and particularly right. if you're going to sell on amazon you need to do a mm-hmm. bit of due diligence because not every Niche is going to work on Amazon. Um, So when I did that initial research, I found that my initial book idea just wasn't going to fly on Amazon at all. Like it just, it wasn't even searched for. There was no, no market for it. And so I remember having a conversation with Chandler because he was my coach going, okay, (laughs) that's (laughs) not validated. What now? What am I going to do? And he's like, well, at least you're going to have to sit down and start from scratch and write something brand new and this was um, um sorry no it's okay uh, this was a, a reader question by the way he said you mm-hmm. mentioned that you were originally going to repurpose your existing book mm-hmm. but what made you change your mind and this is my favorite question because <laughs> it didn't pass validation and this is what most especially nonfiction authors don't know and i'm always going on about it and and i ask people you know could you do that look at what lise cartwright did she had a book and she decided not to publish it can you do that you know Mm -hmm. very important it's very important because if you you know you don't want to go to the time and effort of writing a book to then turn around and be completely disillusioned because it didn't pan out on amazon you have to think about it like you have to put your business hat on. You know, you've got to step back and go, okay, um, it, to find the readers and to find the people that I'm going to help with this book, you need a platform. And Amazon is the biggest platform. Yeah. If you are someone sitting there going, well, Lise, I already have a huge list. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about Amazon. Then you're in a great position. You know, it is. Right. It's figuring right. out. Um, you know, you could have a fantastic idea, mm-hmm. but it's figuring out which platform you're going to right. put that on. So if you're going the Amazon platform, you need to validate. If you do not validate, and you yep. know, there's so many tools available now yeah. that makes it super easy. Yeah. I use um, Kindle Spy. I'm right. sure that you. Oh have, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, super um, easy to validate a book idea within yeah. you know two three minutes. This is my um, but in, yeah. In self-publishing school, they take you through the manual process, which can take a couple of hours to do, but it's mm-hmm. it's good to do a couple of times mm-hmm. so that you understand the process and then you can read the results in Kindle Spy a lot easier once you understand that framework. So, yes, so mm-hmm. my original book idea was around freelancing and working on Upwork. It mm-hmm. is not something that is searched on Amazon at all. It's searched on Google, so oh. it's two separate things right. so you have to that's why you have to definitely think about the platform that you're looking at publishing on yeah so yeah if you're going to go the google way then you get your thousand true fans mm-hmm. first and bring them to amazon with you yes exactly so no gym needed was your first book 
It was, yes. Nice. And did uh, the one question from the reader was, it doesn't directly follow from your blog, Outsourced mm -hmm. Freelance Success. Did you, did you have any mm -hmm. doubts or hesitation to go to a different topic? I, you know what, I did. And it, it, it does loosely tie in. And I had this dilemma um, when I started writing it because – I, I didn't see myself, you know, I'm not a fitness coach. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I've not done any personal training. This book was all from personal experience. Mm -hmm. And I sort of said that to Chandler. I said, you know, do I need to now create a pen name? Because really this is kind of separate from, you know, outsource freelancing success. It's just, mm -hmm. he said, but he said, if you are talking about it from your perspective, he said, which is you're a freelancer working from home you don't have a lot of time. He said it actually does tie in and it does tie in because throughout yeah. the book, I, I, you know, I do talk about the struggles that I had, you know, no gym needed came about because I could not find exercises that I could do at home that were less than 30 minutes because I hate <laughs> to yeah. exercise. I'm not someone that enjoys it at all. No, you're not the only one. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand that you need to do something. You're, if you want your body to continue to support you, mm -hmm. you have to exercise it in some way but you don't need to spend you know an hour to two hours at the gym to do that so that was the whole premise of how no gym needed came about so it was a an interesting process and once I went through the process of mind mapping outlining and mm -hmm. writing the book I became addicted yeah. to writing books <laughs> awesome yeah and uh you I think you did that on Sean Ogle but you also do that on your blog for sure you go over the validation techniques and um that's one of my favorite things that's like my specialty and then you go <laughs> go over the whole you got what is it two or three posts yeah series mm -hmm. and uh so if anybody's out there listening then go to Lisa's uh, blog for more details it's an awesome post you it's mandatory reading uh for all of my readers it's mandatory reading before you publish a book you know yes. and um so uh chandler in in the book publishing school almost mm -hmm. always does this free launch day and i or days and I read in your blog that the post I was talking about that you're going to the ninety nine cent launch can you tell mm -hmm. us about that? Sure. So, yeah, on the, on the post that I did on Sean Ogle's um, blog, I, I talked about with the No Gym Needed book, I did a free launch. But after that point forward, I decided that I would not worry about doing a free launch. And I moved into doing a 99-cent launch, which is what Steve Scott yes. teaches. So mm -hmm. there's kind of a little bit of a caveat with that in that if you're going down the 99-cent launch path, then you need to have a list that kind of supports that. So how much? How many? You, actually, it doesn't need to be huge. They just need to be engaged. So ah, when yeah. I, yeah. So there's a difference. How do you so keep when I launched, warm then? <laughs> we need to be talking to them. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, for me, I do a newsletter every week um, where I'm just chatting how I'm chatting to you right now. This is literally how I talk in my newsletters. It's, they're very um, low Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how else. To, I'm just very conversationalist. So <clears throat> I have a weekly newsletter that goes out and, you know, I've got blog posts and stuff like that. So that's how I, I keep in touch with my list and they're feeling engaged. You know, I have people responding back to me, mm -hmm. um, asking questions. So it's, it, that's the caveat is that if you are deciding what kind of launch strategy to go, yeah. it's pretty simple. If you don't have a list, go the free route because you can build build your list very quickly provided that you have that lead magnet in the front that you're actually asking for people's email addresses right. if you're not doing that you need to do that now yes yes <laughs> okay so then the 99 cent launch is um, mm -hmm. you you put the book manually at 99 cents for yes. five days or something Yes. And yeah, just five, blast five your list. Yeah. Okay. So you do it. Um, it's a pretty simple strategy. Steve Scott, I literally follow what Steve does. So yeah. it's literally a week before your mm -hmm. launch, you put it to 99 cents. It's mm -hmm. gone out to your street team to mm -hmm. do their reviews. So you've got some reviews on the day that you launch. Mm -hmm. You launch and you blast your email list, and then you'll have some paid advertising throughout the week. You'll probably do a Buck Books. Mm -hmm. promotion right um and then it's just basically sending an email to your list sprinkled throughout that week based on certain criteria so if mm -hmm. they don't if they open the first email but don't click then mm -hmm. they would get a new email so anybody that yeah. opens the email and clicks 
you don't want them to get that email again because they've already right. at least mm-hmm. had a look at the book. You don't know if they've converted, but mm-hmm. you at least know that they've clicked the link to purchase the book. And at 99 cents, it's a, it's a it's kind of a no-brainer yeah. really yeah. Um, for people to purchase the book. So, yeah, it's um, – mm-hmm. and you don't have to spend a lot in terms of paid advertising. I would probably spend – Fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. On it. on what advertising? On a paid launch. So it just depends. Um, they're all, it's always changing, but I always tend to do a buck books um, uh-huh. promo if you can get in. I know it's getting mm. ex- it's more and more difficult to get in. Yeah. And then I'll look at depending on my genre. I now look at the sites where you can promote, and right. not all of them necessarily work hmm. um, for everybody. So I've started to record my stats to see what works. So then I might book in for a book ZO um, one. And then I'll, there's a couple of gigs on Fiverr and that's uh-huh. probably all that I'll do. Book um, ZO. I've it, heard of them too. Yeah. Book ZO. They are actually very, very good for both uh-huh. fiction and nonfiction. Interesting. Um, so that's probably, I don't, you know, I don't do too much because, you know, you don't want to waste too much money um, on a book launch. Mm-hmm. If particularly if you haven't, um, got a huge amount of money to throw at this sort of stuff. You know, you start publishing, right. you know, you're wanting to do things on a budget. So, so if you if you yeah. only had a small amount of money, buck books is where I would be throwing them. That was my at. next question, actually, because I've read on their website that they're the second largest email list <laughs> next to BookBub. Is that exactly. true? That's correct. So it's a big bump, so, a bump or what do you, a uh, big push. Yeah, it is. And uh-huh. they're relatively cheap. I, they used to be free, but now, yeah, you yeah. know, quite rightly, they're charging. So for a nonfiction book, it's around the $32 mark. So it's yeah. not right. not an expensive, I believe it's not an expensive place to go. And if that's all you did, you mm-hmm. would be fine. As long as you were mm-hmm. consistently um, sharing the book on social media and just mm-hmm. connecting with people. So, I mean, it's, when you're, if you're going into a book launch, you don't want to do it in a silo. So you don't want to be doing right. it by yourself. You want to have made sure that you've connected with other authors that can support you mm-hmm. um, and share the book for you. You know, if you mm-hmm. wanted to, if you were in a specific niche and there was someone that had a similar book mm-hmm. to you, you could cross promote. There's, you know, there's just lots of different ways yeah. Um, yeah. that you can approach a launch. But um, if, yeah, if, for me, I definitely go the route of the 99 cent launch now because I have. Mm. A list that I can at least reach out to. So yeah. So your question was how many on the list. So when I did my first ninety-nine cent launch, I only had five hundred okay. on that list. Not oh. a huge amount of people. Yeah, a lot more than my beginning authors though on Zbooks though. So a lot of people. Yes. Though. So even if you had two hundred, mm-hmm. um, basically if you have less than two hundred, then I would go the free launch mm-hmm. route. Mm-hmm. Okay. One and, um, free launch yeah. would probably net you um, a couple of hundred subscribers. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm. Well, there's some good benchmarks there. And uh, <laughs> uh, tell us about Buck Books again, because if you go to their website now, you can't just order uh, uh, a launch. You have to do something with Archangel Inc. with Inc., them first. Yes. Yeah. And, and then they'll offer you the Buck Books. Yes. The criteria has changed quite significantly. I joined or was one of the first authors to get in Buck Books. And so now it's just, for me, it's just an email to them saying, hey, I've got a book, can I put it on? Nice, um, nice. yeah. Yeah, so it's, it it is, I know, a lot trickier to get in now. Um, so, yeah, okay. if you're going down that route, just allow two or three months out that you need to be connecting with them that far mm-hmm. out if you want to use Buck Books. Mm-hmm. So that you've okay. at least got that in place because if you just try to contact them three weeks out from your launch you probably won't get in hmm okay something totally different now i read somewhere that you do uh, keyword hygiene for your books every month Mm -hmm. and um whenever i do that i'll lose categories and stuff you know (laughs) (laughs) so i i'm just keeping my books where they're at right now and uh, yeah and how does that work with you yeah so it's when what I do is I'll go in and I'll take each of my keywords and I'll just run them through a search on Amazon and make sure that my book is on the first page and also in that top five search results. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then I will consider adjusting the keywords. So I don't move around my categories too much. Okay, I sorry. Um, really... 
Mm-hmm. How do you do that again? You you search in Amazon for your book? Yeah. So what I do is, so you know how you can have up to seven keywords in the Kindle and right. you know, right. KDP. So yes. I have a list of generally when I'm doing my initial research for keywords and stuff like that for the book. Right. So this is nonfiction. I just want to make people understand I'm writing nonfiction, although right. I am right. writing a fiction book at the moment. I'm solely talking about nonfiction here. So I will have a list of keywords and I will have more than seven so that I know that I can alternate them if if I need to. So I will initially have those seven keywords and I would have done some research to find sort of where they're ranking. And I use Merchant Words combined with Kindle Spy. Right. And so then what I'll do is every 30 days, I will take those keywords and then put them into the search bar in Amazon, you know, I'll just take that keyword or yep. keyword phrase, I should say, because they're generally not just one keyword. So for no gym needed, um, one of the keywords I have is at home workouts. So I will then jump on Amazon, put in at home workouts, change mm-hmm. the search to be Kindle store only. Yeah. And then I'll see where my book at is in the search results. So that's what I mean by going through and checking my keywords. So okay, but what I, do you do if it's not high enough? Yes. If I, if it's fallen off, the page or it's not in that sort of top five um, yeah. search results, then I'll go and have a look at the keywords that I, the other keywords that I have sitting and I, you know, I just have a Google spreadsheet. Right. Um, and then I will then take that keyword, look at it on merchant words, run it through Kindle spy, also run it through an Amazon search and see if I can rank for that. And if I can, then I will go and change that in my KDP area interesting so, yeah. yeah so it's i'm literally i'm looking for keywords that mm-hmm. aren't super super competitive because mm-hmm. as self-published authors you can only you know you don't want to be trying to go after a keyword that's got a hundred thousand searches yeah. Yeah. a month unless your book is a high authority and you've got some traffic coming to it so right. i'm looking at keywords that are um sort of thirty thousand and you know between a thousand and thirty thousand on Amazon. Okay, because I was using Merchant Words, the free version, mm-hmm. and um, you know what most people do is, oh wow, look at that! That word has a million hits, so let's yeah. use it, right? Mm-mm, you don't want to do that. <laughs> ah, so thirty grand yeah. is the sweet spot. Yeah, I tend to find that that works um, for my books. Okay, now, yeah, fiction yeah. might be slightly different, so okay. you just—it's just testing. So that's that's mm-hmm. why I say you want to be looking at those keywords every thirty days, mm-hmm. um, just to see where they're at, and for categories. You probably don't want to, if your book is staying within the top sort of 20 to 40 um, in the best sellers category, if mm-hmm. it's staying in around the top, you know, that top 40, mm-hmm. top 20 is my benchmark. But of course, first might. page. Yeah, the first page. But, mm-hmm. you know, people will click over to the second page. So if, top, yeah. if it's not in the top 40, then that's when I consider changing the category. So is Merchant Words worth it? How much does it cost? So I think Merchant Words is thirty dollars a month, oh. but I got it at a discount ah. <laughs> a few years ago, and so mine's only nine ninety five a month. Nice, because I use the free yeah. version, and you only get five searches. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and yeah. with the paid version, you can download the CSV yeah. file. So that's um, how you build up all those, you know, yeah. that list of keywords. So, but the function in, in the free version, uh, you can see the same thing. As you see the same thing, you're just limited okay. to the results that you can actually view. Okay, so you can kind of use that as a crux until you make it to the big league and pay. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's right. exactly. I mean, if you've got if you've purchased Kindle Spy, then yeah. I would also use that. You can, you know, they allow you to do a keyword search as mm-hmm. well. So. Yeah, um, but with Kindle version. Spy, it shows mm-hmm. the keywords only for like when you're at on a book page. Um, doesn't really show you how the keywords rank, does it? It just shows you the words that are used on that page. No, no, no. So if you, I'm just doing it right now while we're chatting. Um, there is a couple of different features. So you can type in an actual keyword and it will bring up some results and it'll tell you how popular it is. So if you are just on any website, so say you're not on Amazon and you click on Kindle Spy, you, you know, say this location is not right, compatible right, with right. Spy. And then it, down the bottom, it gives you the option to do search a keyword or browse the categories. If ah. you click on search a keyword mm-hmm. and 
I'm going to type in at home workouts. Okay. It's then going to give me some results around um, competition, all that sort of stuff. And so it's just, and then you can analyze it further. And it will say whether it's competitive, um, how popular it is, and what the potential is for it. <laughs> you know, I have Kindle Spy for, I don't know, almost a year now, and I never even <laughs> used that function, man. Yeah. It's a good tool. Yeah. It's really good. And so when you do the analyze, it will bring up all the books that have at-home workouts in the title and stuff like that. And then it's just a really good um, way yeah, to – I've got the tool and I never used that. I'm going to make a video about that, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a, that's another great tool to have. So if you don't have Merchant Words, that would be the next thing that I would do as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Kindle Spy. It's only 47 bucks and no monthly fees, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and they're always updating it. Yeah. So um, so I've had this stance, you know, against freelancing for a while because you're trading your time for money. But mm -hmm. uh, if you know this guy, Brian Harris, he's a really hot entrepreneur right now, and he was in the um, Noah Kagan's course, which, which – yeah. Took it one year before me, so I'm just you know green with envy, of course. And uh, he says outsource um, freelancing is the fastest way to you know escape your desk it job. It is, and it that is an awesome. Is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So maybe I'll I'll be doing some uh, freelancing too. But uh, what about um, that? Yeah, the 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 passive income versus the you know you're trading your time for passive money as freelancing. So. Yeah. So it is, it's an interesting, I think, um, I mean, obviously I, for me, freelancing is how I got started. So it's, mm -hmm. it's using it as a platform, particularly if you're in a spot where you're not quite sure what it is that you want to do. Um, maybe you're not happy in the career that you've chosen, but mm -hmm. it would just be a mission to go back and learn a new skill and then transition into a new career. You know, that you're basically going full circle and starting from the bottom. Yep. What a side hustle allows you to do and then freelancing on top of that is to test the waters and see if mm -hmm. you're, one, going to be any good, good at a new skill mm -hmm. and whether you can actually make some money from it. Um, so that's how I used freelancing. I knew that I didn't want to be trading time for dollars at all, right. forever. It was exactly. just – it was a path to take. And if I'd never gone down that path, I would never have discovered – you know, writing books. You know, mm -hmm. I was not a writer. I just want to say that I was not a writer before really? I started. Free. Wow. No, not at all. Awesome. Awesome. I have no, you know, I have no um, degree in writing. You know, I haven't done mm -hmm. any courses or anything about how to be a writer wow. at all. Wow. And now you're, so, you, you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's just, it's practice. The more that you do something, the more that you get better at it. Yeah. Um, and what you said earlier about the book, um, uh, a lot of people are afraid because they're not an expert. So how could you write No Gym Needed? Well, you know what? Your experience is enough. Your life experience, you don't have to be an expert. Exactly. And I say that right at the beginning. I preface that by saying, you know, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a fitness consultant, not a fitness mm -hmm. coach. I haven't done any training. This is all based on mm -hmm. personal experience. But it's all about relativity so relative expert and it's i love that terminology because you only need to know <laughs> little more than the person reading your book to be yeah. considered someone that knows what they're talking about and you know what you can back it up with yeah. statistics and, right, and right. research and stuff like that and you know i'm about to up bring out another version of no gym needed to update it and you're know, oh, yeah. going to be chatting to an actual personal trainer Cool. So yeah. working with somebody so that we can just make sure that everything is on track. But, yeah, it's just – There is a very good – oh, sorry. I cut you, you off go. again. There's okay. a very good example of this. Uh, her name is Oprah Winfrey. You know, she yeah. she was not an expert, but she interviewed the experts, and she became mm -hmm. the authority, you know. Exactly. That's and, exactly. Uh, well, you know how successful yeah. she is, you know. So. <laughs> exactly. One question one about ebooks again. Did you get hit by the new Amazon algorithm change? Did it hit you any in, what was that, July, August? Yes. Yes, uh. it did. So when they went from, um, you're talking about changing it to the Kindle yeah. pages. Right. And it's also, they changed the algorithm too, and they treat 
KDP select books. They they favor them over the other guys. They show them yeah. more. They do. And so I got an, it's an interesting, interesting experiment. So when they changed um, from um, you know to to the Kindle pages and going and saying that if you're not enrolled in Kindle Unlimited, then you're basically your book is not as important. Yep. Um, I didn't quite like that, so I pulled all my books out of Kindle Unlimited. Uh-huh. I said no, I do not want, um, yep. I do not agree with that because it devalues yep. um, the book and. I've done some experiments where I've put one book in for three months and then taken it out to see if it made uh-huh, any really? difference. And you know, and they've dropped, they've consistently every month dropped the pay, you know, how much you get really? paid per page. So uh-huh. I just they started out high and then they I mean it's something ridiculous like zero point zero zero six cents per page. <laughs> I'm thinking it's something more for series and fiction authors and not for Yeah, it is, it is definitely more geared towards fiction books and novels. So if you have a book that is 90,000 words, then, yeah, you're probably going to do very well. So I think if, you are, if you're a nonfiction author specifically, mm-hmm. very think about it um, mm-hmm. before you sort yeah. of lock yourself in. But, you know, I definitely encourage you to do it for three months to test yeah. it and then yeah. – Pull your book out and see what happens. Um, right. But if you aren't, if you're not locking yourself, and you do need to make sure that you're diversifying. So don't yeah. just leave it on Amazon if you're not enrolling it in KDP. Yeah. Put it on the platforms as well. I'm a big, big fan of Dave Chesson and SEO <laughs> and your own website. And uh, if you can do it right, then you, yeah, then you're not totally dependent on the big zone. Exactly. That's but, exactly right. And I think it's it's prudent to just be aware of the changing landscape of self-publishing mm. at the moment. And, you know, Amazon mm. up until July last year had very much been in favour of the self-published author. And it's yep. changing. They're, and you've got to remember Amazon's a business, so yep. they are going to look after themselves first. Mm. So as long Mark, as you remember yeah. that, yeah. Um, I think you won't have – and you protect yourself. And, again, it comes back to diversification and not having your eggs all in one basket. So, yeah, you know, Mark Coker from Smashwords, mm-hmm. he wrote a really mm-hmm. good article about the new uh, payout and uh, mm-hmm. scheme from Amazon. And I'll just put that in the show notes later. Very, very interesting. And, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm not a fan uh, for nonfiction. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at how long I can flatline for weeks, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I have I've even made a video about it. I mean, they just gutted me. So, okay. What um who is your favorite author? So Elizabeth Gilbert is oh. probably my favorite author. I love her stuff. She's mm-hmm. just uh, and she's an amazing person. Like she has a very um she's a very active Facebook page. She's very open. Elizabeth um, Gilbert, tell me about her books. I don't so know. Her. Most ladies would know who Elizabeth Gilbert is. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love and they Oh yeah, okay. Movie with Julia Roberts, so that's right. Now the I know. Okay. Yes. So she's just, um, and she's done this. If if I'll, I'll find it, I'll send it to you, Eric. Um, she's this okay. amazing TED talk about huh. being an author and how she find you know goes about finding inspiration or waiting for the muse. It was it's a very interesting um, TED talk that she did, and it just talks about uh-huh. how. She doesn't wait for the muse to show up. She sits in her chair and she just starts writing. Like it's very much about that being that consistent, that it's not about waiting for the muse to come to you because sometimes it just doesn't happen. It's about developing that habit of actually Mm -hmm. writing. But the way that she says it, I mean, she's a fiction writer, so she's just, she has a beautiful way of explaining things and um, she's Mm. just, she is amazing. I'll have to check that out. Probably on YouTube, mm-hmm. the TED Talk, huh? It is, yeah, it is. You, you, if you go onto YouTube and you do TED Talk, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, you'll find it. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. My favorite question is: mm-hmm. if you could have dinner with anyone, past or present, living or dead, who would that be? Oh, oh, that's a really tough one. I think ah. I it's I'm tossing up between two people and they're both passed away it would be either marilyn monroe or martin luther king oh yeah yeah almost the same Mm. era though huh yes exactly almost the same era. so you're in the 50s you're a 50s girl (laughs) 
Not really. I'm, I was born in the 70s, but, um, you know, my parents are from the 50s and gr- I grew up, I guess, watching a lot of um, Marilyn Monroe. My de- my mum is a massive Elvis Presley fan, so mm-hmm. there was lots of that, those sorts of old school mm-hmm. movies and stuff that we used to watch. And I, just, I loved Marilyn Monroe and, uh-huh. you know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that I would love to ask her. And then Martin Luther King, he's just what an amazing man. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love his quotes. I'm always yes. copying and pasting his quotes everywhere. Yes, exactly. He just love had a way of looking, you know, of um, engaging and yeah, and getting oh, yeah. people on board. And yeah, his quotes are amazing. So yeah, so I'd probably go with those two people. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, what is the future of eBooks or freelancing? So I think we've we've pretty much touched on the the ebook self publishing path. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're going down that path, then you need to be thinking about it from a different perspective and not just thinking, okay, I'm just going to publish an ebook. You should do mm-hmm. an ebook. You should do a paperback. Potentially yeah. look at audio, and then also if if it's something that you're going to continue doing, what is the platform that sort of sits beneath that? Are you going mm-hmm. to have a blog or are you going to have a course that supports it? It's not thinking mm-hmm. about it as just one single individual thing because the reality is is that if you just do, the, from a nonfiction perspective especially, if you just do the one thing, mm-hmm. if you just do the ebook, then it's not going to survive. Uh-huh. Yeah, interesting. You definitely need to be doing other things. And then in terms of freelancing, I think mm-hmm. that that is going to become even more the norm mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in fact, the statistics are that by 2020, um, yeah. 40 to 50% of the world population are going yeah. to be freelance. There's a name so, for that, isn't there? Something like uh, there's a cyber worker or something. Or Yeah, but that was an interesting statistic. I've seen that before. I mean, that's uh, yeah. it's, it's like a 20 now, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be more. And uh, It is. Yeah, and then, I mean, if you just look at statistics for the U.S., it's how significant. How much? Um, so in the U.S., it's between 15 and 20 percent of uh-huh. the workforce are freelancing okay. yeah. or working from home. So, you know, there's a lot of people yeah. who are still working for a company but work from home. So that's that's why um, uh, I like your story, because you, you, you really uh, did a lot of freelancing. And then you, you went to the e-books. So everybody thinks, oh, <laughs> yeah, it only took her one year to be successful with the e-books. But, you, you know, uh, yeah, and the project management point of view, okay, maybe, but you, you had a lot of, um, you put a lot of time in. Yes, yes, definitely. So what's up next for you? Gosh, more books. I'm now writing fiction, so I'm actually oh. co-authoring a fiction book with Steve Windsor. Um, uh-huh. So we're writing a Can you tell us what adult. it's about? Yes, I can. I'm just in the process of like Steve's just gone through and done his um, the first draft, so I'm doing the second draft right now. So I've just finished my read through, and now I'm going in and doing the writing portion of it. So it's called Dixon with two X's, uh-huh. and she is a teenage witch. So I'm I'm a huge YA fan, so that's all I read is <laughs> cool. YA. Yeah. Um, so I said to Steve, I approached Steve with this idea because I've never written fiction. Steve is a prolific fiction author. I said to him, okay, for my first fiction book, I want some help. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this on my own. It's, it's quite a different yeah. space to get into. So um, he kindly accepted the challenge of co-authoring with me. So nice, nice. We're, yeah. we've just, um, yeah, so we're hoping to launch that in March. Um, and March. it's been oh. amazing, yeah. That's right around the yeah, corner. It is only just around the corner. I, it will depend on the editor, actually. So actually it might be closer to April by the time the editor gets through it. So we're trying to keep it like a novella, but at the moment it's 45,000 mm. words, and that's without me okay. having been through it. Um, okay, yeah, grand is a novel, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know I, I said to Steve, I said, let's just shoot for a novella because Steve's novels are, you know, 80, 90,000 words. He, that's why oh, I mean, yeah. he's a prolific ah, fiction writer. He's got cool. some pretty big books out there. So, yeah, so fiction mm-hmm. is what I'm um, looking at. Plus, I'm also expanding um, No Gym Needed and Side Hustle Blueprint. Nice. So those and are the two. I'm- you're going to do a 99 cent launch for your new book? Yes, we will be doing okay. a nine. Let me know about it. <laughs> I will. Cool. I will. So let's get um, back to your course. Mm-hmm. 
So um, what what else? What did we not touch on? Can you give us any juicy tidbits or something? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I, I there were a couple of things that I sort of, if people were listening, they would have picked up on. But probably the biggest tip that I can say that if you are looking, particularly if you're looking to go on Upwork, is to make sure that your profile is 100% complete. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is making sure that you do the skills tests that you that prove that the skill that you are looking to get started with Upwork on, that you can do it. Uh-huh. Um, so that's one area that people will let themselves down and is they think, oh, I'll get to those later. No, do that first before you even approach a client. And then the second thing is, is that once you've done those first initial um, jobs, you know, where you've been paid low mm-hmm. and now you're ready to find and work with the quality clients, don't mm-hmm. search your skill, search dollar amounts. That's uh-huh. where you'll find the clients who are prepared to pay the money yeah. that you're looking to make. So I am yeah. consistently looking, searching, you know, $500 um, type work. And mm-hmm. the thing is, if you if you find those clients, they t- tend to be the ones that will work with you ongoing. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I saw that either on your blog or in your materials, mm-hmm. and that was a very good tip. Yeah, yeah because um, it's – those clients are generally the ones that are, that actually need an ongoing mm-hmm. um, support and help. So um, there's yeah, there's lots of little things like that that just make quite a big difference. And mm-hmm. probably the only other thing that I would say is that if you are just starting out and maybe you don't have a portfolio, is mm-hmm. to create those portfolio items. So even if you haven't done work for somebody else, it's just to go ahead and create them. So. Hmm. My favorite example of this is if you are a web designer or you're a you're a book cover designer or something like that, just go ahead and create yeah. a book cover or go ahead and right. recreate a website or show how you would improve an existing yeah. website. Nice. What yeah. would be your take on it? And um, when people do that and clients see that you've taken that initiative, mm-hmm. um, it definitely gives you some brownie points. Awesome. So, um, and your course is for beginners and advanced? It is basically for anybody that is wanting to start a side hustle. It is focused on anyone that hasn't, that has been sitting around like, you know, just like I did for six months looking at writing ebooks, trying to figure out how I was going to do that. If you've been sitting there trying to figure out what it is that you want to do with your life, Mm -hmm. if you're not happy, doing what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, then this will definitely help you figure out where you want to go. And and what was the um, Z-Books code? It's just Z-Books. That okay, is all in awesome. Capitals. Cool. Okay, so you're giving uh, Z-Books readers a big discount. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> and you Don't share it with anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll be quiet. Okay. Um, um, I forgot to ask you something. Do you have a morning routine? I do have a morning routine. So I just got this. I have been doing this for a while, but I bought, I backed a Kickstarter campaign last year for this thing called the South Journal. Oh, yeah. Um, and it just arrived this week, and yeah. I am completely in love with it. I actually just did a vlog on my cool. blog, a vlog okay. on my blog. I just did a video, yeah. <laughs> video review of the South Journal. So basically – what I do is I am up at 5.30 in the morning oh. and I, yeah, I'm up early. I'm, I'm a morning person. So oh, yo, yo, it's yo. definitely um, my husband That's... is not. So he's still in space to bed. So I'm up at 5.30. I meditate for 10 minutes. Then oh. I grab my self-journal and I plan out my day. Interesting. Um, sit down and work out what my – Goals are for the day. It's just for the day. So that's the focus is on what I'm doing for the day. So the unique thing about the South Journal is that it's all about having no blank spaces in your time from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. There should be no blank space. Now, that doesn't mean that you're working all yeah. that time. It's just being intentional with your time. So if you're having lunch, then you put that in the calendar. If you're having some downtime, you put that in, in the calendar. It's just so you know yeah. where your where your time is. Um, and then I'll have my coffee. Which cool. <laughs> so you meditate, do your journal, and you have your coffee. I have my coffee. And awesome. then I'll open my computer. And um, um, uh, what is your method of meditation? So I use an app called oh. Calm. 
Um, uh-huh. It is beautiful. Um, if you just called? need calm, like the okay, word yeah. calm, right. it's just called it. It's a calm app. So they have this really great. Um, it's free, and they have a seven-day beginner program, and then everything else after that is obviously paid. Yeah. Um, but even if just to go through that process, um, if you need to, you know, once you learn how to meditate for yourself, I use it to just play the background noise, which is a creek with birds mm. singing and it's, mm. it's beautiful. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. so I'm only, I haven't been meditating for very long and it's still something fairly new for me. Um, but I'm, I'll, I'm practicing mindfulness, so nice, um, nice. It's yeah. yeah, it's definitely helping. It's meditation can be hard if you fight against trying to make it perfect because it's yeah, not about yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's yeah. So that's, cool. that's my morning routine. Nice. So, um, is there anything else you you can you want to tell us? No, I think that's it. Just that if you are sitting there just wondering what to do, just Figure it out and take action. Whatever it is that you decide to do is to just do, actually go ahead and do it. Don't yeah. sit there and read theory and mm-hmm. think about it. Do mm-hmm. it. And I have personally tested your whole website, and I can tell everybody, go to Lisa's website. If you're going to write a book, look at her three blog series. Mm-hmm. How It's excellent, excellent, mandatory reading. And yes, uh, Go get her seven-day challenge with Upwork, and uh, she'll show you how to set up your your profile and everything. Please do that before you go to Upwork. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm doing it right now. And uh, right, Lisa. Anything else? Um, no, just that if if people are trying to find the website, it's outsourcedfreelancingsuccess.com, and I will give Eric the link to the course so that you've okay. got the direct link. Lisa, it's been excellent talking to you thank you so much for your time yeah you're in the middle of a launch i wish you (laughs) all the success in the world i know how hectic a launch is so i want you to ace your course there and and everybody go check out her website and sign up for her course you get a you get a discount with zbooks it's awesome yes and uh, (laughs) thanks again lisa and i will hope to talk to you soon yeah thanks so much eric okay over and out thank you